Well, welcome to episode 169 of Podcateers. Uh, I'm going to try to be quick about this because this episode ran a little bit longer than usual. Our buddy Sam Carter returns to the podcast, but this time as a guest co-host. And we talk about all sorts of things. We talk about Hurricane Irma, the urban legend surrounding Cinderella's castle in case of a hurricane, Summer of Heroes ending, Halloween at DCA, his upcoming art show called Foolish Mortals at Pop Comics in Anaheim, and of course, we talk about the passing of Disney legend X Atencio, uh, and just a whole lot more. It's always super fun talking to Sam, and I'm happy that he was able to join us for this episode. Uh, before we jump in, just a quick reminder that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by the added support of our fairy godparents. For as little as $1 a month or even a one-time contribution, you can become a fairy godparent of our podcast too. If you enjoy the podcast and would like some more information on how you can help us out, just head on over to patreon.com slash or podcasters.com and click on the Patreon logo for more information. As always, a huge thanks goes out to all of our fairy godparents. And if you shop on Amazon, it would really help us out if you went to podcasters.com slash Amazon first before your next purchase. Uh, going there to click on the big Amazon button isn't going to cost you anything extra, but we do get a small commission as a thank you from Amazon because you went through our link before you made your purchase. And to everyone that's taking the time to do that, thank you guys. We truly appreciate that extra click. Online, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. Just search for Podcateers. Uh, if you like what you hear, it would be awesome if you like, follow, and subscribe to us. And of course, tell a friend about us. Also, make sure that you follow Sam. You can head over to samcarterart.com to check out and purchase some of the art that he creates. And if you want to follow him, he is on Instagram and Twitter as at cartarsauce. Those links and some more information on things that we talk about in this episode will be available in the blog post, podcateers.com slash 169 if you guys want to go check that out. And uh, that's it. I'm going to let you guys jump into the episode. Like I said, it goes on a little bit longer than usual, but we hope you guys enjoy it. Here is episode 169 of Podcateers. is our podcast. It's about three guys that love Disney, technology, art, and food. This is Podcateers. Uh, are you drinking anything right now, Sam? No, I don't have anything. Uh, There's actually some water here. I'll drink that. That's, that's lame, dude. That's not beer. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're sitting here with beer. Uh, must with be water. nice. I, I will lie to you. I'm lying to you. I actually have water, too. We, yeah, we both have water. <laughs> Javier just got here, so we didn't have time to go get anything good. <laughs> well, next time I'm over there for this, then I'll have some beer. That sounds like a great idea. It's <laughs> beers on you, bro. <laughs> All right, so if you guys are a little confused about what is happening right now, there is a third voice on the podcast this week. We are welcoming our good friend Sam Carter. Uh, you guys Hello. may recognize that name because he has been on the podcast before uh, a couple right. times. He's talked about uh, the first introduction you guys had to Sam was when we were talking about that crazy Tim Burton Mary Poppins poster that nobody knew where it came <laughs> from, but everyone was excited about this Tim Burton Mary Poppins movie. And it's that like, just happened to be Sam. 
That's right. So, Sam, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you? Uh, thank you, sir. I'm good. I'm good. So it's your fault that I thought this poster was real then? Yeah, I'm <laughs> totally guilty of that, but you either love it or hate it. Right. So some people are relieved. Some people were uh, pretty hurt about it. <laughs> oh, Javier was one of those uh, people. 100%. I thought it was real. I was excited <laughs> about it. Uh, I was sharing it with everyone I knew that loved Mary Poppins and anything that's Tim Burton. And then I came to find out that it was fake. Yeah, that, that, a global April Fool's prank. So <laughs> that felt good. Hook, line, and sinker. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's been a, a crazy week, man. It has been yep. a, a very intense week, I would say, because there's been... A lot of good things, but it feels like there's been a lot more bad things this week happening. Really? Like what? I, I don't know. Like these 180 plus mile winds that have just wow, wreaked havoc in the Caribbean and the Florida Keys. Have you heard about that? Rain? I've heard of rain. Rain. <laughs> Lots of it, maybe. <laughs> You know, unfortunately, it's been a, a bad couple of weeks when it comes to this whole hurricane season thing. You know, right. uh, not too long ago, Hurricane Harvey wreaked havoc in Texas. And this last week, Hurricane Irma just d destroyed, unfortunately, uh, a lot of areas in the Caribbean and it reached the Florida Keys. And, you know, as Disney fans, you tend to worry about... Well, what's going to happen to Walt Disney World? <laughs> right. Priorities. Yeah, priorities, right? <laughs> and, you know, as a human being, right. you tend to wonder what's going to happen to all the people in that area. Sure. Absolutely. You know, and there was a lot of that on Twitter. There was people going back and forth. There was some good coverage on Twitter, especially today in the aftermath. There was tremendous amount of coverage on Twitter. And, you know, Twitter has become one of those places where I don't know about you guys, but I think Twitter has become that place where I kind of go to see news firsthand now. Twitter? Yeah, I don't go to a news outlet because I feel that there's so much filtering going on mm. that Twitter is this unfiltered version of the news where people are posting what's really happening. But do you can you really wholeheartedly believe what you what they're posting, though? Well, if there's video, if there's photos, that helps. That's exactly that does what I'm believing. saying. Right. Like, there was this one video that somebody posted, and if I can find it, uh, I'll make sure to post this in the blog post for the episode, but there was a couple of videos of how the ocean had receded into itself. I saw that. Yeah, and then no, they I ran out there. Yeah, I heard it, but doesn't it seem like something you run, you run away from? This is not normal. Unless you're into adventure, man. This, adventure is out there. Isn't that the first stage of, like, a tsunami? That happened in Phuket. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, run, people. Those people did not make it. See, there you go. Exactly. So yeah. But there's, uh, I heard there was people taking photographs of them. Like, oh, videos. I mean, it was all over Instagram stories right. and Twitter and everything. Yeah. Crazy story about that tsunami area, though. When we did our, my honeymoon with my wife and I, we went to Asia and we went to Phuket, and I'm like, this hotel looks really familiar. And I did some Google searching, found all these photos of all the like these cars in in our hotel pool. Like we were right there where, where it all went down it's what kind of wow. creepy and then then you get sucked into all like the blog posting of like what went down there and you're reading it and like all the people being trapped in the hotel room and i'm reading it in the hotel where it happened so wow. pretty trippy oh, yeah that's pretty crazy so yeah uh so that unfortunately happened this week and you know how disney has all these like myths that float around and stuff like that yeah i think one of the most popular things that i saw was 
people had this understanding that apparently Cinderella's castle can just be dismantled um, during a hurricane and it can be stored away in a nice little box. Disney magic. <laughs> that is not I believe the case. it. Yes, you can, no, dude. The case. It's a nice myth. You know, no, if that was the myth. case, if it was like this cool transformer thing. Why don't you believe like in magic, bro? Like, what happened to that you? That was I my best hearing... transformers imitation, by the way. I keep hearing about the urban legend of the castle coming down, which I don't know where that started from, but I have my own urban legend that I'm almost 100% convinced is truth. And hear me out. This is a little crazy, but I think you might agree. So late 60s, very early 70s, Disney tells some Florida governor folks that, hey, we're going to build a, a resort out here. And they're like, oh, great. So then they show them like the designs for the castle. And it's this you know, enormous, ornate, delicate-looking castle. And the government over there in Florida pretty much just tells the Disney company, like, hey, the first hurricane is going to you know, swing by and destroy this thing. And after hearing that for like years and years while they're getting ready to like you know, plan and start building Walt Disney World, you know, I think they were finally convinced that, okay, fine. There, if there is a, any kind of chance that the first hurricane, you know, category, anything comes by and, you know, will destroy the castle, well, that's our icon. We need to be able to rebuild it as, as quickly as possible. So my theory is they built two of everything. So they're building the Cinderella Castle for Florida. They, just to be safe, they bought two of everything and they had everything packaged in the back. And I think that's where this other... Um, rumor came from is because they had these pieces for it. Well, you know, 10 years come and go, and they they saw a good amount of hurricanes come and go, and guess what? The castle's fine. My theory is, after 10 years pass, well, they need to build this theme park in Tokyo. Well, we got this castle laying back here, and that's why, that's my theory of why Tokyo's castle is identical to Florida's. What do you think? That I've never an, heard of this before. That is an interesting theory. That's intense, right? Now, the only the only flaw that I see in your theory so far is the fact that the the structure of the castle itself is made of steel, ten foot concrete walls and fiberglass. So right. the fiberglass portions, yes, obviously, you know, those are removable. You see a lot of those pieces come up and down, especially when they add like snow to the castles during the holiday season and stuff like that. The spires themselves are removable. But you need a crane to take them down. You know, mm -hmm. they're not easily just like a couple of buckles and then like, you know, you like lift it and then, you know, store it away or anything. So I think there's some credibility to what you're saying because <laughs> they may have had extra pieces. But as far as the physical castle structure, I think they would just be the, the structure pieces would just be so big that they would take up so much space that it would just be yeah you're odd. right maybe just the ornate pieces maybe just like the the decor parts everything else yeah except like you know the main rebarb and stuff you two are crazy you you guys stop <laughs> believing in in disney magic what happened to a fairy godparent just you know with her wand and da -da -ding, and there's the there's a castle well that's what really happened yeah we, we know that listen to timmy turner over here <laughs> So, so yes, in general, Cinderella's Castle was built with hurricanes in mind. I, I think there can be a lot of truth in what Sam is saying, though, mm -hmm. as far as all these extra pieces. And maybe that's where the myth kind of spawned from. But the castle was made to withstand a Category 3 uh, hurricane. I almost said earthquake. Uh, hurricane, <laughs> right? So it can withstand winds up to 110 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that bugged people the most about this was... 
uh, Irma hit Category 5, mm. you know, and Category 5 is like 180 or 185 miles per hour. But it was downgraded to a 3 before it hit Orlando, though. Right, and that was the good thing. I think that's yeah. why they weren't so worried about it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it is it is built to uh, to withstand that Category 3, and we're glad, you know, that they took that in mind. And this is the fifth time ever that Walt Disney World has ever closed. Uh, we talked about this uh, last year, right about the same time when mm-hmm. Halloween was happening. And I think it was only like their third time closing or something. Well, at that point, it was the fourth time because uh, it closed once for Hurricane Floyd. It closed mm-hmm. again for Hurricane Francis, again for Hurricane Jean. It was evacuated and closed after September 11th. Mm-hmm. And then this marks the fifth time that it has officially closed down. I'm glad that everything is starting to rebuild at this point. Uh, if you guys are interested in helping out the efforts to help, you know, ev- everybody that has suffered some kind of loss uh, in the Caribbean, in Florida, or in Texas, we're going to go ahead and throw up some links in the blog post for the episode. Uh, I think Help America was the last organization that was really putting together an effort like Help Texas, Help Florida. But I'll find the links. I'll put them in the blog post. You'll be able to find them at podcasters.com slash 169 if you guys are interested. And uh, if you guys are not interested in helping, then that's also okay. (laughs) This makes me wonder, does our castle here in California... Can it withstand a hurricane? Can it withstand an earthquake or a I don't think big, so, man. Big earthquake. I don't think so either. It's yeah. you know what? It's the matter what I'm worried about. It's not the castle. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know if you know this, Javier, but uh, I don't know if you listen to episodes that you're not on or don't li- really listen to you when you speak. Word in general, right? But Sam's a former cast member. Uh huh. You know, so he had a lot of backstage access and he got a lot he had a chance to work on a lot of projects while he was with the disney company in Uh several different roles and uh you want to tell us a little bit about that sam yeah a quick version of 17 years at disneyland you know started in parades with the lion king parade driving floats having fun with all that stuff they pretty much worked every parade from 95 till 2005 when i was in charge of the drivers at block party bash and then that's when I left parades to go into creative entertainment uh, as a designer and worked on pretty much every event in the park from 2006 until 2012 when I when I left the company. But uh, yeah, there's I remember being in TDA a couple times and there was a some pretty decent earthquakes you know right in the middle of the day. And being in TDA, the building's on rollers, and so every time a big diesel truck drives by in the five, the building shakes. So <laughs> This time, you know, buildings start shaking. I remember I, I was having a meeting in my cubicle. You're like, that's a big uh, truck. Yeah, I remember it was about Haunted Mansion <laughs> Holiday. And it was about, you know, we were talking about how, using all the pieces from it. And then, like, uh-huh. we did, we kind of look at each other like, oh, that's a big truck. Right. <laughs> and uh, it's still going. And it's getting worse. Oh, and no. So we literally go under the table, under, <laughs> under our stupid little cubicle, and you just hear everyone in TDA literally panicking. Oh, no. oh my God. All this stuff, like, <laughs> You hear people scream, and you know who they are. You're like, oh, my God, that's so-and-so. Like, relax, right? But then it, it keeps – it feels bigger than it is because the building's on rollers. And then, you know, we have to evacuate, obviously, to a backstage area. But I, I really honestly remember thinking on my way out, I wanted to look out the window to see just to make sure that the Matterhorn was still standing. Because oh. there's some serious 
of you know employee evacuation emergency plans and you know if something like that ever happened there i mean heaven forbid if anything bad happened there you know like all the cast members are really kind of like they're supposed to be ready to go and help out and assist in every ways they can so I was wondering, are we going to have to do this? Like, what level is that? And, you know, obviously nothing that bad happened. But Does um, Disney have their own, like, emergency broadcast system? I'm sure they have something. Some like sort of that. alarm, maybe? Um, you know, they have the, everyone has their radios. I'm sure they would, um, which is probably on its own little station, their own uh-huh. frequencies. So I think they would continue using that. But, they, you know, they have the war room there. They, I probably shouldn't get too detailed into that. But, like, they have Whoa. all these hardcore what? plans. <laughs> these plans on how to make sure, like, just to keep everyone safe. Back up a little. What did you just say? We'll, we'll protect the identity by just kind of skimming over that one. For <laughs> Sam, so, Sam, in, what? What's your last name, bro? <laughs> so in case Johnson, in case you don't know, Sam mentioned TDA. That's uh-huh. the Team Disney Anaheim building. That's off of Ball Road. Okay, it's kind of like the office buildings for Disneyland. The that's green what one. About. What's funny is people that don't work there call it the the big green green yes. building. Yeah, but there people that work there call it the big yellow building. Because it's it's uh, green on the freeway side, but it's yellow on the park side. Oh, how funny! Like I've only seen the greens. <laughs> it's done like that on purpose, so you don't know. That's how they know who's on the inside and who's not. <laughs> I'm definitely so, not on the inside. So, so yeah. I mean, back to the original question. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think uh, Cinder- uh, Sleeping Beauty's castle would actually withstand. Um, a depends. Really I mean, earthquake. depends how big it is. I, I'm sure they retrofit it and all that, but you know the park's how, how old now? Sixty something. Yeah. Um, if you think back when Tokyo had that awful huge quake, and there's some intense video out there, like because it happened, you know, during park hours, during uh, Mythica was going on, so they have this lagoon show. You have like people waiting for a parade, and it's all built on landfill. So if you can imagine a quake that big, what happens? Um, you know, the park closed, I think, for a month. After that big quake, that's yeah, unheard of, weeks, right? I think crazy. Can you imagine? But as their castle, you know, obviously didn't fall. But I, I heard their Thunder Mountain had quite a bit of damage. Um, but they're really good, and they didn't allow any pictures out. But um, that would have been interesting, because like right away when the pictures did, even when the park reopened. Uh, that huge butte hat was just covered in scaffolding. Yeah, it's interesting too because this last week, you know, there was that really huge earthquake in Mexico Awful. that was pretty mm-hmm. devastating out in that area as well. And so the conversation really began here in California, you know, what would happen if the big one hit? You know, anytime there's any type of seismic activity near California, that yep. conversation begins. And so it kind of just rolls into the whole conversation of, you know, we just need to be prepared and we need to be prepared as best as we can. Just have a plan, how to get how to get in touch with the family. You know, there's some really cool apps out. There's one, I think, there's an app for earthquakes by the Red Cross that, because, you know, the phone lines get jammed. Like, don't even bother trying to call anyone after a quake because right. everyone's trying to do that. But there's a an app where, like, it knows if there's a huge quake, it'll send you a push notification and you just click, yes, I'm okay, right away. And then that'll tell your family that, hey, they're good. Don't worry. They're good. And then you just kind of have a meeting point. Which is also like Facebook's alert system. Like that's that yeah. was kind of the underlying purpose for that. Not to freak right. you guys out even more. That Mexico earthquake, did you hear about that it's created or helped in uh, more people being scared about this super volcano that has created and it might be the end of humankind? <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Even NASA is getting involved trying to deflate this balloon of a burst that it, that could occur. 
they're trying to figure it out, man. There's gonna be a, a super volcano, man. Forget forget earthquakes. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> so sounds uh, like a movie with The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, or Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. And yeah. I, don't I wish. Wanna miss a thing. <laughs> So, I mean, again, I think it all just goes down to we have to try to be as prepared as best as we can. It's not something that we can predict, obviously, uh, unless you listen to the 1-900 numbers. I don't know if that's still a thing. <laughs> Miss Cleo? Uh, Miss Cleo, exactly. Uh, I was going to say. But, you know, you can uh, go as far as creating, like, emergency prepared kits if you're in an earthquake area, tornado kits, uh you know, survival kits, basically, with right. shoes, uh, diapers, if you have babies, canned food, water, stuff like that. And I know that there's several resources and ways of putting together these kits. You know, you can buy them, obviously. They range from, like, what, like 25 to 150 bucks, depending sure. on how many people they're for. Right. But they're really simple to put together. You know, you go down to a Target or something, buy all the stuff you need, jam it in a backpack, put it under your bed, and make sure you have Lucille there. In case <laughs> what? the zombie apocalypse <laughs> no. starts, no. Yeah, you, look, you never know with that super volcano and, app- right? and apparently endless amounts of batteries. Yeah, <laughs> you just need super em. volcano exactly. So uh, again, we'll put some resources that you guys can go to if you guys just want to put this together. It's not to scare anybody, you know. This yes, it we is. We just need to be prepared for something like this. Like I said, you can't prepare for it. You can't be uh, too prepared. Basically, you can't predict it, but you want to be as prepared as possible. Right. Better so, safe than sorry. Exactly. So uh, so now that Javier's bummed us out. Uh, <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> let, let's try to liven a little bit about what we're talking about. Uh, Sam, I know you're a huge Star Wars geek. True story. All right. Javier, you're just you. <laughs> but uh, I saw an, a really interesting documentary on Netflix a couple of days ago, and uh, – I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the documentary is called I Am Your Father. Never heard of it. Sounds like a, a Darth Vader line thing. Sam, have you seen it? No, not yet. Okay. So... But have you heard of it? Because I feel like Hazen's making things up. Like that volcano story? <laughs> <laughs> so We're not friends, Sam. <laughs> So let me start with asking you guys this question. And I'll start with Javier because I know you're not as big a Star Wars right. geek as Sam is. When I ask you, who is Darth Vader, mm-hmm. what name comes to mind? Come on. I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. What's your question? Come on. What do you mean? Mufasa. Oh, literally, that's really the only thing that popped in my head. <laughs> so I just if, don't know his name. Really? You don't know his name? James Earl Jones. Uh, I, I, his name is James Earl Jones. Okay, well, we just, just told you. Coming to America. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, if I ask you the same question, who is Darth Vader to you? Well, James Earl Jones. Okay. Or do you mean the actual, in the first one, the, not the voice, but the actor? Yes. Uh, I, I forget his name. Come on, Star Wars nerd. <laughs> what is it? So, so the name that Sam is forgetting, that's actually what I'm alluding to on this. Mm-hmm. The documentary is about a man named David Prowse. That's David it. Prowse was Don't a act like you builder. know, bro. You don't know. <laughs> He's actually really well known in the Star Wars community, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, so David Prowse was a bodybuilder from England, hmm. and uh, during the time that they were casting for the first Star Wars film, he, he came and he auditioned after doing a few other films, like some Frankenstein movies and stuff like that in England. Nice. And George Lucas said, hey, man, look, you're this tall, strapping man. Uh, you fit the build for a couple of characters. I got this character 
character named Chewbacca. He's like, what is a Chewbacca? <laughs> like this big hairy thing. He's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. What's the other one? Right. Well, you would be the main villain. He's like, oh, I'll take it. Beautiful. And so he became Darth Vader. So now uh, along the course of the Star Wars films, uh, David Prowse was kind of known for being a little chatty. Oh, you know, and uh, so like, a, things... like a like a hazen. No, I mean, like when they would tell him things on the set, he would oh, go talk to reporters. Loose lipped. Yeah. Ah. So after a while, they stopped telling him things. Right. When it came to him watching the Star Wars film for the very first time, when he heard Darth Vader, he realized it wasn't his voice. Uh, and it was James Earl Jones' voice. And he's like, well, what's going on? You know? Right. And George Lucas said, look, this this is the voice that I envisioned for Darth Vader. Mm. You fit the build, but this is the voice that I wanted. And so he said, okay, no problem. You know, as long as I'm the I'm the actor, things progress. And then by the, you know, at, at one point they finally reveal who Darth Vader is. Right. But Darth Vader was revealed as a classically trained actor and not wow. David Prowse. So yeah. there's all this controversy Poor surrounding guy. it. And that's I just kind of like the tip of the iceberg. Right? Hey, he got a paycheck. What's that? He got a paycheck? He got a paycheck. He's good. I mean, he got several. Oh, right? I'm he, sure. He yeah. got more than one. And so the whole controversy surrounding it is the fact that uh, Lucas basically shut him out. You right. know, Lucasfilm basically shut him out. He's not allowed to come to Star Wars conventions. He's not invited to be a part of anything officially Star Wars, even That's though not he's nice. officially Darth Vader. He he can't even go to Comic-Con and, and, and get money for oh, signatures? Oh, he totally can't. And oh. that's what he does. Like, oh, he goes okay. out on his own. Got it. He's got his own photos. He signs them. Uh, but he's not officially there under Lucasfilm or Disney at this so point. So no right? Star Wars weekends for him. <laughs> none. None. And that's actually one of the things that they talk about in the film. You know, I feel bad for the guy. Most people do. You know, and kind of like, like Sam said, he got a paycheck for everything that he right. did. But the guy that's putting together the documentary wants to film the scene again with mm -hmm. him uh, as Darth Vader oh. to give him that from Return glory. of the Jedi. Yeah, like they want to give him that glory that he didn't get, you know, thirty plus years nice. ago. And so the whole film is whether or not one he will do it, and. Two, whether or not Lucas will give them the opportunity, the, the opportunity to do it. It wasn't for mass production. Mm -hmm. It was just for him. Right. You know, so that's that's the entire story arc. So the entire thing was super interesting to watch. Man, I should have started this with like a spoiler alert, right? <laughs> yeah, because uh, now I don't even want to watch it. You told no, me. No, you it, totally <laughs> should. I don't know, dude. dude. It's like you told no, me. I'll check it out. You totally should. Like the entire. It's only about an hour and a half. But uh -huh. The entire film is really well put together. Uh, the journey from when they start talking about how there's all of these actors in Hollywood that go unrecognized because they're under these masks. Right. Nobody ever knows who they are. Like the guy that played the creature from the Blue Lagoon. Mm. Um, who else? Frankenstein, the Wolfman, Pinhead. Like um, I was thinking Friday the 13th, uh, Jason. He goes to the Comic-Cons, you know. And and they what's cool about it, they asked him to come back and like play Jason again, you know. So I think that's really cool. But are they doing it though? It, it, Most of them are. No, no, no. I'm saying for this guy, 
Oh, you have to watch the documentary, man. Oh, come on. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I've told you enough about it to hopefully get you enticed. <laughs> but you'll have to watch the documentary to mm. know if they actually – I mean, I could I could tell you, mm-hmm. but you should watch it. Can I guess? But don't tell me the answer. Sure. I'm going to go with no. <laughs> I'm going to go that he did in, invite Sounds him. like a safe bet. <laughs> Can I tell you you're wrong? Oh, no, you can't. Okay, I'll, I'll watch the documentary. But you're wrong. <laughs> really? They invited him back. Great. I'm not going to tell you. Oh, come on. You got to watch it. All right, done. So, interesting documentary. It's called I Am Your Father. I'll put a link to it somehow. If I can find a trailer, maybe I'll put it in the blog post for the episode. But it was just a very, very interesting story that when you kind of hear about all the things that happened with, like, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and like all these like side stories right and like kind of where they ended up mm-hmm. you would never have known like what happened to david prouse and where he is in his life now mm. compared to where all these other uh, actors are right you know so yeah uh definitely check it out i love that you're wearing your podcateer star wars shirt though or lucas films thanks man that's nice is that a little Extra little touch for us? Or? <laughs> no, it's called I'm doing laundry, and this is the first thing I pulled out. Oh, come on. You can't. That's disrespectful to the pocketeer's gear. That I launder my clothes? That you wore it just by default. Oh, shut up. That you didn't wear it proudly shut up. on your regular daily basis. Shh, quiet. The adults are talking. <laughs> so, Sam. summer of heroes the other adult yeah the other adult summer of heroes did you have a chance to go check it out before it ended this last weekend yeah i did what'd you think of it you know i think they did a decent job with it i'm still trying to to swallow the marvel in the park like that um but you gotta i mean if you've been on guardians you know that it's freaking amazing best right so you know and i was definitely one of the more vocal people bitching about it but you know I, I ended up going to a friend had an extra ticket to like that friday night preview thing so i got to go and nice. got to ride it like a bunch of times and i i was worried but when i went in there and i saw you know spoiler alert it's been like all summer but when they did the animatronic of rocket oh, I know. i'm like right this is intense like yeah. that's what i was worried about like here are my theories and my i was I was just really concerned that it wasn't enough time to do it justice. I was concerned that they wouldn't spend the money to have the animatronics. I thought it'd be all projection. I'm like, oh. And I'm, and then I was worried about it not really fitting Hollywood. Like, really? The, the red car is going to go right in front of it? Like, just it didn't make sense. Dude, I but don't But then, know. you know, in, in Joe Rohde, we trust. Right. He, exactly. He really made it happen. And... I got to meet him that day too. And I didn't tell him I was like, dude, I was hating this for a long time, but I did tell him, I'm like, this is amazing. By the and way, I guess not what made me at all. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was pretty cool. But what, what really made me feel better about it too, is like, you kind of just catch on that. Okay. Obviously something is planned. That's for that side of the park. Um, at D23, they announced that it's Spider-Man's going to have something to do with it. The Avengers Ooh. are going to have something to do with it. So there's more to it, and I think in in a couple of years we're gonna we're gonna get it. Like it'll make sense where why Hollywood Land is here and why Marvel is there, and you know they're gonna figure it out. But it's just in the meantime, yeah, there's a total disconnect with a 1940s Hollywood, and then obviously Guardians Tower. Luckily, you know I love Guardians, but I really love Tower of Terror, 
And it's kind of like at Universal. I love Back to the Future. Like that, that's my jam. <laughs> but luckily, I love The Simpsons too. So it's kind of <laughs> like, ah, oh, crap. Like, you know, what do you, what's a nerd to do? Right. But, you know, you kind of like, my, my thought is this. If you really like something in the park, just enjoy it as much as you can because, you know, it, it's, it could be gone tomorrow. You never know. Right. And and what else, Javier? The Ninja Turtles or what's what? coming out? Oh, come on. Do we have so to bring that up? We've had this uh, conversation about the Avengers hatch that's right next to Mission Breakout. <laughs> it's the Ninja Turtles. So, the secret of the ooze. Adamant <laughs> that the Ninja Turtles will be popping out of their soon. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, I think when when it first began, uh, I was a little confused about it as well because I kind of felt the same way that you did. But once I wrote it, I went on opening day, and it was absolutely chaotic, and I loved every second of it. How long was that line? Oh, dude, it was like seven hours long. <laughs> Insane. It was intense. I walk in. There's like a seven-hour line. I, tr- I try to vlog the, the day, right, because it was a seven-hour line. And one of the cast members very nicely tells me, you know, you should try to go get a fast pass because you could probably get one for just afternoon. And this was, I don't know, like 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. So I run over to get a fast pass, and I got one for maybe a couple hours after, like 1.30 or something, and I didn't have to stand in a seven-hour line. It was Perfect. the greatest thing ever. Uh, I loved it. I was hooked as soon as I wrote it. Uh, I think they did a phenomenal job with the retheming process. In general, the the way that they added the Avengers to that area, uh, I, I said this last week too, that it's kind of, they just dropped it in the most convenient place possible because they don't have anywhere else to put it. And I think in a few years, Hollywood land as we know it is just not going to exist and mm-hmm. things like Monsters Incorporated, I think will be more of what we lose going forward because the theater has been completely repurposed. And then you have Frozen right in the middle of it. Exactly. So how's and, that going to work? And that's the thing. I think all of that is going to change. And things like the, uh, what was it called? The Academy thing that they did with the yeah, agents. it was like it's like the Jedi training, but but with Marvel, Marvel character. yeah, it was like Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow, um, Shield, uh, like the Shield training or something like that. Right, they did that right in the center, and I think stuff like that is what's really going to begin to pull it together. Personally, I still think they made a mistake making that giant tower mission breakout and something having to do with the guardians of the galaxy because if they're bringing marvel into the park and they really want to section it off that way i feel that it would have been a better retheming if they made it the avengers tower but they did an amazing job with it you know i don't i don't know if avengers would be as cool as guardians because like what what's exciting about like my first take on this ride when i first got off the ride i walked out my first thought was tower of terror was never that fun Tower of Terror would never, could never possibly be as fun as that ride I just went on. Because, like, it's the music, it's funny. Avengers have a different tone. It's way more serious. It's way more, you know, we got to save the world. Guardians is just fun. Dude, and, like, that is exactly what I said in last week's episode. <laughs> really? I just really wish somebody would have told me how great this this ride was. Like, nobody, really? nobody... We're going through this again. Nobody told me how amazing this ride was. Really? And I, I spent weeks being upset that this uh, <laughs> ride was changed. You know, just like you, I, I, loved, I loved Tower of Terror. But nobody, not even in this podcast, 
told me what amazing this ride was. It almost ruined my Comic Con from a you know two years ago when they announced it. Like <laughs> you can't hear that after like a, a weekend of drinking and Comic Con and just. They're doing what? <laughs> but don't get me wrong. Like I miss Tower of Terror. I do. I th- I still think it's. Luckily, a, a, Florida's a is there, and hopefully, it keeps the um, the Twilight Zone IP. You know, you hear things, but um, like I said, if you really like it, go on it as much as you can. But we'll see. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But you mentioned the Summer of Heroes. Um, I, I just think of you know if if it got us Black Widow in the park. That's awesome. That's what I'm um, saying. I kind of dug that little Jeep that she ran around in. Um, you know, it's always cool to have Spidey, and I like seeing Thor walk around and stuff, too. So it, it's cool to have him there. It's it's still weird. You know, I, I really love DCA. I think it's it's one of the best parks now, especially after the Cars Land and Buena Vista Street. So it's weird that it needs to change identities again. But then you think about it, you're like, okay, well, why are the parks here? And, you know, it is to kind of, you know, promote the movies. And they just paid a lot of money for Marvel, so... The whole thing makes sense. However, you know, with Star Wars Land and Star Tours, I, I just thought for sure, I'm like, okay, there's no way they're going to keep Star Star Tours open still, right? I mean, why why have a Star Wars ride outside of Star Wars Land? I just think that Guardians of the Galaxy would have been really cool for a, a, a Star Tours replacement. Mm. But what do I know? Unless they go with my idea and retheme most of Tomorrowland with like Wally stuff. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I would love to see the Axiom. I'd rather go the Tron route. could be the Axiom. Oh, yeah. And and then all of the old people people mover track can have little wallies just kind of traveling all over them. Did you see the drawing I did of that? I drew that same exact idea. What? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll text you after this. Oh, my You'll God. I need to see this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Eva. Well, part of that also has, like, if we, let's get really nerdy about this. Do we really need two Toy Story shoot 'em up rides? You have Toy Story Mania and you have Buzz Lightyear. And get this, the futuristic one isn't even in Tomorrowland. So I'm right. thinking squash Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> replace it with how about Stitch? Then at least it's an outer space thing and all the little ride vehicles are as this little, you know, red car. And then you can make, then you let Toy Story Mania be like the really cool shoot 'em up ride. Plus it makes sense considering that uh, Paradise Pier is undergoing the entire change to become Pixar Pier over the next couple of years. What do you think of that? Yeah, so really bringing everything that's Pixar related into just that area would just make sense. Yeah, that's I, – I, I feel like there's some uh, executive ego for that one that um, they just – you know they, they needed to like squeeze more Pixar in because maybe there's too much Marvel or it's too much this. And so then now they're just doing Pixar Pier, but hopefully it's cool. I mean, good thing we love Pixar, but um, whatever gets us like some more rides behind Screaming would be cool. So if that happens, awesome. Yeah. But I, I really, I actually, um, the Ferris wheel, Mickey's Fun Wheel, actually grew on me, and I kind of like having that Mickey face there. They haven't announced anything, but I have to assume that's going. So what mm. what's going to replace that? We're going to see a big Pixar ball. We're going to see Mike Wazowski's head. <laughs> so like, what? How is that going to go? And it's like I don't know. If, if that really carries it like the mouse does, but we'll see. You know, I hadn't thought about that yet. Uh, I know that we had talked about some of the replacements. I think the last thing that we talked about what would happen was the silly symphony swings because when they rethemed it from that big orange, uh, I thought it was a better version. You know, when they oh, made yeah. the symphony swings. That was an improvement, swings. for sure. Uh, and then Mickey's Fun Wheel, you know, like you said, it just, it kind of grows on you. I don't like getting on it. 
because I just don't like how long it takes from the point that you get up to the top and get all the way back to the bottom. I just, uh, unless you're taking pictures, I almost feel like it's a waste of time, really. Too but, boring. Yeah, but to see it from across the pier looks really oh, nice. eye candy. Yeah, and it makes for some awesome pictures too. But yeah, well, like, what would replace kinetic energy? It's like know. the old Tomorrowland. You know, you have all this stuff moving around. You had the subs. You had the Utopia. You had the People Mover. You had the Skyway. You had the rockets. You had all these all this movement. And Paradise Pier with with the coaster and the swings and the Ferris wheel. You had that cool movement. So that it's eye candy. Yeah, and the Zephyr if you're standing up on that corner too. If it's if it's not windy. Right. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they really mesh uh, more of the Marvel that's coming into the park. I think over the next five to ten years, because of the fact that DCA is losing so much of its California theming, it's going to be more Disney adventure. Yeah, They're yeah, probably going to change else. the name, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, people talk about MGM, or MGM at Hollywood Studios changing its name again. I think it's California Adventure that's going to change the name, and who knows, man. The only thing that's not really movie themed, if they want to do like a you know a a movie themed land for the park, is Grizzly. So I don't, who knows? Like, but everything else now is definitely movie property. Yeah, and I think Bugs Land will be the next thing to go to. I think without a doubt, another you know casualty of of the expansion because most of the parking lot behind uh, Mission Breakout. I think can also be rethemed so that you can walk around the tower, you know, itself. <clears throat> you have a lot of backstage area. That's where we walked around during the 5K, Javier. Yeah. That's I where I got know. in trouble for taking a picture of the back of Mission Breakout. <laughs> oh, by the way, why do you think I got yelled at for taking a picture of the back of Mission Breakout? Was it during construction? No, they... this was during the 5K. Well, I'm, I'm definitely too lazy to run a 5K, so I've never done it. Do they allow you to take backstage pictures? I don't know, man. But Sounds like they don't. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like There was people stopping to take pictures of all the projections. Well, there's Dash photo locations. And, and no one stuff. told them anything about no. keep keep it going kind of thing. Like, I started thinking that maybe it's because you stopped. Like you're supposed to. I wasn't to... in anybody's way, though. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I don't either. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's... haters going to hate. Some disgruntled guy just pissed off. Maybe. Hmm. All right, so anyway, let's talk a little bit about a different themed area. I want to talk a little bit about Cars Land. Universal st- – oh. No. <laughs> However, I do want to talk about that in an upcoming episode because now that they're going to be theming for Christmas in the uh, Wizarding World, oh, I want to talk about that. So oh, yeah, on like cool. Donkey Kong. What? We're on like Donkey Kong. I was like, no, Nintendo Land is not coming yet. <laughs> what are you talking about? That would have been a good segue. <laughs> so Cars Land, for the first time, DCA is really pushing the Halloween aspect where yes. we're getting the Headless Horseman statue yes. on Buena Vista Street. We're yeah. getting the bats flying out of Carthay Circle. Love it. But Cars Land is really getting the biggest overhaul for Halloween, and they're, they're calling what? it Hall, H-A-U-L, Oween. Why? Have you seen some of the photos that people are posting on Instagram as they're putting up these decorations? Actually, no, I haven't. Sam, the cones are awesome. It's looking really good. What are they doing? Well, they made faces like jack-o'-lanterns out of the cones, at the cozy cone. They have a a really cool spider car made out of uh, a certain vehicle from uh, an old attraction. Um, It's just really cool, like really clever stuff. It reminds me a lot of the holiday overlay, but themed to Halloween. Is it already open to the public and everything? The 15th is the official opening day. Mm. But, I mean, as they put all of this stuff up, obviously people are seeing it. They're posting photos because 
they can't just do it all in 24 hours, right? They're right. doing it over the, cor- the course of a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. All the Halloween decorations look great. A lot of the signage has changed to reflect Halloween stuff. But one of the coolest crossovers that they did was a shrine that they put up for Doc Hudson. And we actually posted this on the Instagram account a few days ago. That's uh, so cool. Yeah, these were photos. Is it Dia de los Muertos style? Because yes. I saw Ramon's had some of that. It's so cool. That's exactly what it is. So so uh, clever. One of our fairy godparents, Melissa, had provided these photos for us. It is of Dia de los Muertos shrine to Doc Hudson. Nice. And Man. it is a an amazing cross promotion that they're doing because Coco is about Dia de los Muertos. Right. That's going to be coming up very soon. Yeah. But I think they just did an excellent job theming uh, that shrine. They put some thought into it. It definitely shows. I need this at my house. The I'm sure they'll sell them. Yeah, right? That'd be great, actually. So I'm excited for some of the changes that are coming, especially for Halloween. Uh, they're supposed to have some of the characters as well, well like dress in their up? Halloween costumes. Oh. Like Lightning is going to be a superhero with like a cape and stuff like Superman. that. Superman. Something like that. Like, really? It's going to be like Super Lightning or oh, something. Oh, okay. Mater's going to be dressed up. And as a vampire? I or? think Sally is going to be dressed up. Not Sally. Um, Cruz. Okay. I think is going to be the third one. Don't quote me on that one. Uh-huh. Uh, if I get it wrong... Please don't chew me out in the comments area. I will correct it in the block. I was going to say, just correct Hazen, and then, you know, (laughs) we'll clean it up. (laughs) Just don't be mean. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, before we go on any further, uh, Sam, I want you to talk a little bit about what you are planning in the next month or so. Well, I don't know if you've heard of Popzilla Gallery, but it's a little group we started about five years ago. We usually do about maybe two, three, or four shows a year. Always picking like a fun theme and whatnot, but um, we just finished up a Disney afternoon tribute show, an unofficial tribute show, where we had about 30 artists do some pieces based off of Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, Tailspin, Rescue Rangers, all that stuff. It was awesome. Um, But we were actually thinking about taking November off, because we usually do these shows at the Anaheim Art Crawl over in downtown Anaheim. And I was thinking, you know, because I'm, I'm doing some traveling, I don't know if we'd, we'd be able to do it or not. And after talking to the comic book uh, owner at Pop Comics where we have it, we really just landed on it. And um, we started tossing the idea around like, hey, what if we were to do a Haunted Mansion show? You know, we've yeah. never done it. And we, you know, when we pick a theme, you know, it's got to have some criteria. It's got to, you know, we want it to have a fan base. We want it to be something that you could do a lot of different things about. I'm Sometimes there, it'll bro. be like a, a director like we've done the, the tim burton show so you mm-hmm. have all the different tim burton that's what's cool is when you have like an umbrella but all these different things within the umbrella so it still fits the same theme we did a john hughes tribute show so all of the john hughes movies uh, i would someday i'd love to do a quentin tarantino show yes i'll uh, be there too right yeah so but like this haunted mansion thing happened and you know it just it got built steam and we were kind of testing it out and all of a sudden, people are going nuts about, oh, my God, you're doing a Haunted Mansion show. It's like, well, I had artists texting me. We didn't even announce it. I have people, like, writing me, like, oh, I already have an idea for the Haunted Mansion show. I'm like, we haven't even announced that we're doing it. <laughs> so it kind of really organically, I guess we're doing a Haunted Mansion show. Do you still need um, help, buddy? I'm here. I want to help. <laughs> oh, awesome. I'll see you there. November 18th, Pop Comics. Nice. Um, if you've ever been to the Art Crawl, it's, it's awesome. There's the packing district right there. They have food. They have drinks, they have live music, and then they have pop comics. 
a really bitchin' comic book store and, and um, the group over there let us kind of like kind of take over a back wall space and we set up shop in the front. With every show we do, you know, we always have learnings. We're always trying to figure out how to make it better. But with every show, there's people that come up to us and say, hey, how do you even get into this show? How do you do it? So, you know, we tell them to like, hey, just follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Popzilla Gallery. And, be, you know, a good amount of time before one of our shows, we put out a call for artists. And we have like a, a group of regulars that we always kind of hit up, but with every show, there's at least ten new artists usually. Um, Can I be the, number the, eleven? Sure. Well, yeah. send your sam- art, send your art samples to popzillagallery at gmail dot com. All right. And I'm then uh, we have our popzilla curators. We look at it and we kind of like make sure because space is pretty limited, so we can't accept everybody. But we're really looking for that killer stuff. And what makes popzilla different is that you know like. For the t- really talented people out there, sometimes they're like really good at drawing a character spot on. That's awesome, but we actually try with our shows to do like do your own take on it. You know, what I mean, like if something with one of the movies we're we're you know setting our theme to inspires you, maybe not make it look exactly like that. Like, what is your version of that? What's your interpretation? So that's why I always kind of stress with like the haunted mansion. You know, I'm sure there'll be some art depicting the actual building and maybe some characters that look exactly how you see it in the park. But what, what I really like is like, what's your version of that? So um, if you come check out the show, you know, keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so much fun to work on and it, it takes a lot of time. Uh, but, you know, we do it because it's fun and um, hopefully we keep it going. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that people don't really understand about putting these types of thing on, uh, because we've had this conversation off the air before. But when we used to do the art walks, right, we used to get all of these artists, all of these crafters together, and we just set up like these street fairs for them. And it's not easy, especially when you're when you're dealing, I think, with a venue, it can be easier. But when you're dealing with the city and you're dealing with all of the businesses surrounding the street that you're closing and stuff like that, I think it can get uh, a little daunting, which is why we had to stop doing it for a while. (laughs) It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, and it takes a lot out of you, and, you know, it's a labor of love. As long as you're having fun. When it stops being fun, I'm I'm out. Right. But luckily it's still fun, and, you know, there's a hiccup every other show, and you kind of think, like, Damn it. So, but then you just kind of think about it. You're like, well, that's my learning from this show. Yeah. But some of the things that are so challenging, you wouldn't really think about like labels. Who, who thought labels would be a pain <laughs> or trying to get an artist to send you a JPEG of your piece so you could build a website to, to put it on. Cause you know, our shows are starting to get some global coverage. You know, we have, we have artists from Australia and England, you know, hitting us up, wanting to be in it. And it's, it's great. But then like, you know, the show's over. Well, stuff that doesn't sell you got to ship stuff back so now you're like Mm -hmm. shipping pieces and it's a lot more work than just standing out front mingling with people and selling prints or whatever it's but you know not complaining because i do have a good time but it takes a lot out of you uh i've been fortunate enough to attend several of the shows uh the first one that i saw was the tim burton one uh, that, you that was our best yeah that was so fun you did that one at art house which is right around the corner from where you guys currently are at pop right <clears throat> and then the the next one that i was exposed to um was practically perfect that was a lot of fun yeah um that came out of left field too you know we had um we had the open space trying to figure out what could we do here and 
I think we didn't even get it going until early January and the show was, I think February. So that's like unheard of to turn stuff around that fast. But I was able to partner with um, nerd Poppins. She has an amazing um, uh, fan group, this really cool community that are just diehard Poppins fans. And they had a lot of just inspiration ideas ready to go. So we were able to put together a, a solid show for Mary Poppins. Um, but, and that's, I think that was the first just solo movie that we've done a show, but with just like with everything else, you could pull a lot of different visuals from Mary Poppins. I'm predicting this is going to be your greatest show ever now. You know what? We're, we're feeling it. And, you know, talking to Ryan Batchelor, who I, I curate with, we, we're already seeing like Tim Burton type of excitement for it. Nice. And that was definitely like we had a line around the block for that. People are just diehard about the mansion. They're right. they're stoked about it. Um, the folks at Doom Buggies hit me up. Like I'm going to talk to them soon about stuff. So I'm like, wow, this is getting legit. I, I hope it's good. <laughs> but um you know all the artists they're coming out of the woodwork like some artists that haven't done shows for a couple you know a couple years are like dude i am i have to be in this because i think everyone loves the haunted mansion it, it just it means so much to everyone and there's so many different things that you could pull from it you know 999 ghosts you could, you could have a lot of fun in there um i def i have some ideas that i want to hopefully i have enough time to make for this but um I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm I'm really stoked that we're we're doing a show for November because we almost did it, and it's it's a perfect time of year for it too. But what's really cool, and I think I'll announce this here for the first time, that next year we really want to plan out our shows with a year as a year in advance, and tell the artists so they have plenty of time to work on a piece. So we we already decided the four shows for next year. Oh, that's awesome. Any guesses? You want to guess, or should I just tell you? Uh, no, I want to guess. You. Let's make it a guessing game. All right. All right. Uh, uh, can you give me a clue that are, are they Pixar Di Disney related? No, we oh. we did after Star Wars and Poppins, and I'm like, man, I don't want Popzilla to be like a Disney only thing. So we're we're breaking free of that for a little bit. Okay, let me think. Uh, it's gonna revolve around DC comic superheroes like Superman and Wonder Woman. Dude, that's pretty good. Yeah. That is our our second show next year. Shut it's up. Called rogues gallery and it's a batman tribute nice perfect yeah i love this and so, being in a comic book store i think that's definitely appropriate i have right, a thing I'm with there. having like themed vehicles at our shows like for our time travel show we rented a delorean had it parked out there yeah i i really need the batmobile i don't know how that's gonna happen but <laughs> we need to figure that out actually i might know a guy if you really uh, if you're, if you're is it the burton or, one uh i'll tim, take it tim burton yeah Oh, man. Yeah. All right. I have a second guess. What's that? Quentin Tarantino. No. Nah. But you're. But we're going to do that eventually. But okay. there's another director that we're going to do a show in August. James Cameron. No. <laughs> hey, I like Titanic, but it's not James Cameron. Wait. I got it. Guillermo del Toro. Ooh, that would be really good. Yes. No. What's the most obvious director that... That you haven't mentioned yet. <laughs> oh, uh, Steven Spielberg, of course. Yes. Yeah. We're going to do a Steven Spielberg tribute. Oh, I love that. Um, we're, he, he's done a lot, obviously, so we're going to keep it to the films he directed, but we're talking about E.T., e. Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones. Ready Player One. Yes. Really? Exactly. Oh, yeah, why not? Dude, it's the new wait. thing. That's going to so, be amazing. Um, I think that's going to be a good show. It, it, it's got the, that great umbrella with the different things underneath it. Um, just the soundtrack alone for that show is going to be good. Every show needs a good soundtrack. Hmm. 
So, so you've guessed so the two, Batman two show. More, right? You've guessed Spielberg. Mm-hmm. There's two other shows. You got one? I don't know, man. I don't know movies well enough. Just tell us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give, give us right. the last two. So Rick and Morty. Oh, that's going to be great. Get Can you get the here. Rickmobile? We're sure as hell going to try. <laughs> Dude, it was in Anaheim not too long ago. <laughs> it was at Pop Comics. It was at Pop, yeah. Get out of here. I thought you were yeah. just kidding. No, no. It was at Pop Comics like two yep. Thursdays ago or something like that. We're going to try. So that's three shows. Um, it's Rick and Morty in February. It's the Batman show in May. It's Spielberg in August. And in next November, we're going to do Ghostbusters. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, dude. Yeah. It's a solid year. Dude, that is Count an awesome me lineup. In. <laughs> yes. Oh, so dude. we're going to try I'm, to get I'm the bring, word out. I'm bringing a uh, whole group, bro. I'm bringing a whole group for Ghostbusters. And by, Don't worry about it. And by count him in, he says, if you need somebody to collect tickets at the door. <laughs> well, we need a bouncer. <laughs> oh, I am your man. You have You're a proton bouncer. I will. <laughs> I hate you because I was going to be my joke. <laughs> Dude, that sounds like an awesome lineup. Uh, just I'm, the fact that you're kicking it off with the Haunted Mansion show in a couple of months, and then that is the lineup for the next year. Yeah, I'm super. It's gonna be excited. a lot of work, but I I think with when you plan ahead and as much as we learn from the past shows, I think we're gonna be okay. Um, just, just gotta stay organized. There's a lot of artists, a lot of stuff, a lot of movement, but when you take it one show at a time, it works out pretty good. Yeah. Dude, I'm well, I'm actually excited. The, all four of them sound great. Plus dude. Haunted Mansion, yeah, yeah. We can't wait. So that's uh, Popzilla Gallery. I'm gonna try to hold my excitement, obviously, for this Haunted Mansion show because I mean, you know, I'm not fan <laughs> one thing at a time, right? But you know, I'm just <laughs> unlike Hazen, I am excited. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so if people want to submit a piece or to be considered for the show, how can they do that? Really easy. You know, we, we just put out um, our call for artists this weekend, so we're still accepting. <clears throat> we'll probably accept for the next week or so until we have time to kind of look at everything that we got. And then um, basically when we say, like, send us your art samples, we really just want to see, like, what kind of art you do. Um, and, you know, and it, it's tough, too, because a lot of people do it for fun, but we're really looking for that gallery type of, like, level of artwork. Oh, well, then I'm um, <laughs> Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> But we wanted to, you know, when you curate a show, that's the tough part of the job is sometimes you got to tell people no. But it's not because your stuff's not good. It's just that space is so limited and we really got to try to squeeze as much as we can in. We do have a lot of Popzilla regulars and, and they're they're diehard to get in. So we got to kind of see like how many, you know, how many empty spots do we have? And we try to squeeze as much as we can, like I said. But we'll see. But send send your art samples to popzillagallery at gmail.com. And, you know, Maybe if this show doesn't work out, maybe there's one of the shows down down the road might, and it kind of helps too that, to know that we're not going show by show, that we're really going to plan a show a year ahead, which what most legit galleries do. They don't just go from, you know, uh, show to show. So it's nice to kind of step it up a notch in that respect. And, you know, like I said, we do this for fun. <laughs> we all have full-time jobs, you know, and we all have families. We all have, you know, some of us have kids. It's It's really tough to kind of make this happen. But, you know, when I at, late at night, when the kids go to bed or on the weekend or whatever, if I ever have free time, I try to make my art. You know, it's it's two hats. It's the curating hat and it's I'm an artist, too. I want to have some stuff in it. Right. So I, I kind of look at it as my art since I, I put so much time into it. Um, I think of it as like my art sponsors it. So that's why I'm out front selling prints of my stuff 
but I'm also handling all the other ones. So I make sure that all the other artists, they're featured like, hey, this is the collection from the show. Hey, but Sam Carter's here too, selling his stuff. And you know, I'm I'm the one that builds the website. We we try to make it as as accessible to everyone because not everyone can make it down to Anaheim, but we want stuff to sell. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, dude. When time gets tough, just remember you're doing this for Javier. Okay, <laughs> deal. <laughs> That's what's gonna get you through <laughs> the tough times, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm excited about it. We'll we'll go ahead and we'll put all of the information in the blog post for the episode. So podcasters.com slash one sixty nine. Obviously we'll blast it out on the Instagram and Twitter accounts again if you guys are interested in submitting. And as we get closer, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Maybe Sam can come on again and talk about it. But I'm excited. I've been to several of the shows. I can vouch for the fact that that wall looks big, man, but Sam does a really good job of cramming as much stuff <laughs> on there as possible without making it look absolutely cluttered. Okay, good. You know? And that's it, it's a it's an amazing feat because literally he's got like what is it like eight by ten space to to use as your canvas and a couple of um, times maybe. It's probably an eight foot high wall, but it might be like twelve feet wide. So like eight by twelve. Yeah, oh, but, you know, crazy. we have a couple other options. I think this mansion show is going to be the biggest one we've had at Pop Comics. We might take down some retail space to have more wall space. Nice. Then we have the shelves, so then we have some other, you know, kind of cool stuff that's not just hanging art. Sometimes people do sculptures. Sometimes people do stuff with Lego. Like, it's nice. anything creative. Um, you know, if it's different and original and something that really inspires you, we'll take it. Don't forget, you have the ceiling. You can, put, you can hang stuff on the ceiling, right? That actually might be appropriate for this one. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I like where your head's at. Thank you. Oh, uh, well, you know, it's got to happen sometime. He's got to have a good idea. <laughs> one time. That's it. Once in a while. I start throwing things, it, something has to there's stay. There's your once a year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as we talk about the Haunted Mansion, uh, unfortunately, we are going to talk about something that's, uh, you know, not as happy. Today, we received the news that former Imagineer, Disney legend, former animator, uh, Exitensio has passed away. No, dude. Legend. Yes. And Exitensio is really best known, uh, I think, in a general sense, he's best known for Grim Grinning Ghosts and Yoho, A Pirate's Life for Me. Ah, yeah. Kind of big songs. Yeah. I mean, they they play a little part in the park, right? (laughs) Well, so it turns out the Sherman Brothers didn't write everything. I think people forget (laughs) that. Yeah, and that's the thing that, you know, Exitensio wasn't a lyricist. You know, he was an artist uh, at his core. You know, when he started with the Disney company, he was... You mean like, like a traditional artist? Like a traditional artist, mm. yeah. Uh, he started off as an in-betweener. He uh, joined the Disney company when he was like 18 years old back in 1938 or something. Mm. And he worked at the Hyperion studio during like in be- uh, doing in-betweening. Like he worked on Fantasia. Pinocchio. Yeah, Pinocchio is mm. another film that mm-hmm. he worked on. Uh, and from there, he just kind of went on to work on other projects like Babes in Toyland, uh, Mary Poppins. And he was one of those people that was really on the forefront of incorporating what you would want to say, like what what you would want to call like new technologies, you know, and uh, doing things that were different. Mm. And one of the ways that he really exemplified that uh, really early on was, uh, have you ever seen the movie The Parent Trap? With Haley Mills. Oh yeah, um, yeah, definitely. 
So if you remember the opening, not the Lindsay Lohan version. Oh, that, that's what I was thinking. Not so it's not Lindsay Lohan. No, no, this is the Haley Mills version, uh, from back in 1961. Sure. Uh, if you remember the opening to that film, it has a stop motion sequence hmm. with the with the parents and the daughters and stuff like that. I didn't know he did that. Did he do that? Yeah, Exit. Oh, that's awesome. Was one of the three people that worked on that uh, sequence. He worked on that with Bill Justice and with Thornton He, who went by T. He never went by Thornton. Uh, he didn't like the name, so he went. So by he had T and X. So T, X, and Bill <laughs> were the three that worked on it. And uh, it was actually uh, one of the things that Walt wanted to highlight as they were working on stuff like that. And there was even a Walt Disney Presents episode called The Title Makers that same year that showed them like kind of a behind the scenes of them playing with the dolls, holding the animation cells that said like Walt Disney Studios and stuff like that above the uh, below the camera. That's cool. As they were building this stop motion sequence, it was it was kind of surreal. You know, hmm. to watch uh, them put all this together. And it wasn't even the first time that they had done something like that. Like, they had worked on other things, like this thing called Jack and Old Mac, um, which was apparently based on Walt's doodles. Like, okay. Walt, apparently, you know, he wasn't a, a phenomenal artist. You know, we've talked about this mm-hmm. in the past where Walt wasn't, like, a phenomenal artist, we but he loved to doodle. He did that the the Disney map all by himself, remember? Yeah, not so much. <laughs> we can thank Herb Bryman for that one. <laughs> but because he would doodle, uh, X uh, had put together – well, X and Bill Justice had put together these old uh, sequences called Jack and Old Mac in, like, the mid-1950s. Uh, and that's kind of where it all began, you know? Like, Walt began to see, like, some of the things that X could do – I mean, he pretty much worked as an artist from the time he got hired in 1938. And then the animator strike hit in 1941. Mm -hmm. And I think he was out of work for like six weeks and then he got drafted. So from like 1941 through like 1945, I think, he ended up going to England and he served in the military where he became like general because he was part of the photo squadron that would uh, analyze aerial photos. Interesting. Yeah, to see like what military bases and stuff like that were Uh available. So uh, he went to the army for three or four years, came back, and he just kind of picked up where he left off. But in 1961, after they made like all these title sequences, uh, I think that's really... Uh, what really got Walt thinking, like, man, you know what? You need to be a part of WED. Like, th- this animator gig is cool for you, but you got to be working over here. We're working on this park. You got to come to WED. So he went over to WED, and uh, in 1965 is when he moved over and he started working on the uh, diorama that you see as part of the train ride, the uh, Primeval World yes. uh, diorama. Which is awesome now, by the way. Oh, have you seen the updated version? Yes, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's so, awesome. Have you seen it? Have you? Yeah, it's fantastic. I know the the additions that they put in the background mm-hmm. just really bring that thing to life. Yeah, those pterodactyls uh, blew me away. 
Like, I did not expect that. I know. I was so surprised uh, as soon as I – I haven't seen it live, by the way. I saw videos uh, of it because I haven't really – You're missing it. out, man. No, I haven't been able to go through that area. But uh, I plan hopefully this weekend I, – I've said that last weekend. Both our kids got sick, and mm. we didn't get a chance to go. I missed the Mary Blair art show too, by the way. Oh, dude. Because both the boys got sick. Oh, so I was pretty sorry, bummed man. out because Gallery Nucleus was doing the Mary Blair art show. Uh, but I think uh, a couple of listeners ended up going to that, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna see if I can get one of them to come on and talk about it. Okay. Uh, but uh, so yeah, the diorama was one of the things that X worked on, and then for some odd reason, Walt said, "You know what? I think you'd be great at writing music or writing songs." <laughs> what? And X is like, "What? I don't. What? Yeah, uh, I don't write songs. You're weird." And, but that was the thing. Like, Walt was fantastic at figuring out what people were great at, mm-hmm. you know. And if he saw that X could do this, like, X was going to try to do it, hmm. you know, because a lot of people that work for Walt felt like that. You know, if right. Walt saw something in you, you tried to do your best at it because obviously he saw something that you didn't. Apparently or heard something because. <laughs> but look at the payoff. Uh Right. Uh, X went on to write two of the most iconic songs in Disney history. Right. There is not a Disney fan that cannot recognize either one of those two songs, whether you know the lyrics or whether you know the music in general, you know enough to know what rides they pertain to and where they started. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, he went on to be the voices of other things, including the skull. On Pirates of the Caribbean, like right before the first drop he happened. He does voices too? Yeah. I mean, what doesn't this guy he's do? He's kind of – I mean, look, all of the Imagineers did a lot of stuff right. back then, right? So X is the voice of uh, – you know the coffin that's in the the conservatory? Uh-huh. Like right at right – He's like yelling, let me out? Yes. That's him? The one that's yelling, <laughs> let me out? Yeah. That's X That's Atencio. him. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, he's the skull – uh, on Pirates of the Caribbean. He just wanted to get right out. Before the first drop. Um, where else is he? I know he's he's in a couple of other places, but yeah, like his voice is... Oh, he's also the emergency evacuation spiel that happens on the Haunted Mansion. Like when you have to evacuate, uh-huh. that's X's voice. Um, oh, by <laughs> the way, I didn't know this until recently, but did you know that Grim Grinning Ghost has a subtitle? No. What you, you know the subtitles how some songs are like blah 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 and then in parentheses it's got like a yeah. subtitle like something else. The subtitle to Grim Grinning Ghost is the screaming song. No way. <laughs> no idea. You know, X did a lot of amazing things, uh, including working on some of the attractions, mm-hmm. uh, some of the stuff in Tomorrowland. He ended up contributing things for Magic Kingdom, you know, uh, when that w- when Walt Disney World was opening, including Space Mountain and uh, If You Had Wings, um, Spaceship Earth, World of Motion. He did stuff for the Mexico Pavilion. And, I mean, he just kind of had his hand in so many things while he was part of Imagineering. You know, it, it's always sad when an Imagineer passes away, especially somebody that's really well-respected. And so close to losing Marty, you know, you start to realize like, oh, this is a thing we're going to we have to deal with now. Right. But, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, life happens Mm -hmm. and uh, we do send our condolences, you know, to uh, his family and friends. 
That's a nice long life. Ninety-eight. Ninety-eight is wow. That's long. impressive. Yeah, it's and you know what? I met him a couple of times. Um, one, I I, th- I don't know if I talked about this on on a episode of the podcast before, but uh, you know the Disney Ambassador program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I had no idea that the ambassadors existed until like twenty thirteen, and I don't know if if I've ever told you this, Sam, but my disney fandom doesn't like run as deep as other people's like that they started when they were like five or six years old when i was five or six years old my parents didn't care you know they didn't have the money to bring us to disneyland or anything like that so my fandom started when i was already an adult like when i was like 18 19 years old when i got together with my well now she's my wife but when i got together with my girlfriend at the time that's when i really started coming to disneyland like we got a pass and we would come on dates and stuff like that and it wasn't until a few years after we would enjoy the park for what it was i started asking the questions like well who are all these people on these windows you know and who builds this stuff and then i heard about a couple of people like the 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 mythical bob Gurr and the mythical tony baxter <laughs> and then little by little, I started getting, you know, entrenched, I would say, in the lore that was Imagineering and just mm-hmm. the building of the park and the studios and everything. And uh, so, yeah, uh, my, my fandom, as it stands right now, is fairly new. You know, I would say that it's in, in its infancy. because uh, There's it, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's, and, a, it's a different perspective. Yeah, and it was a whole different experience for me back in 2013 at the at the D23 Expo. You know, it's every couple of years. Uh, that was my first uh, time meeting X and Alice. And I remember standing in line, and I remember just being, like, so nervous, man. Like, I had butterflies in my stomach just thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm going to meet these former Imagineers. And I remember going up to him and I swear that I said something that nobody could ever understand. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm almost positive it sounded like ah, blah, blah, <laughs> like at least most of what I said. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm not the type of person to ever hand like my camera or my phone or anything like that to anybody. But I remember handing my camera to Jonathan, who was, uh, I believe, the French ambassador and Megan who was one of Disneyland's ambassadors. Megan and Sachi were Disney's ambassadors at the time. So instead of taking pictures of them, you have them pick taking pictures of you? Well, they were there, you know, uh, just kind of guiding the line. Uh-huh. You know, Where was PhotoPass? PhotoPass didn't exist yet, really. <laughs> you know, it, wasn't, it wasn't really the big thing that it is now. Uh, but I remember giving my phone to Megan, and I remember giving my camera to Jonathan. And I went up to X and Alice and it was this really weird crossroads because uh, at the time I was trying to really get serious about my photography and I had all these ideas about starting this podcast one day that maybe one day I'll do it. Uh, (laughs) This this idea of this Disney podcast. Yeah, maybe one day. And I didn't know what I really wanted to do. All I know is that I felt like trapped creatively and I felt like I needed to do something. And it was one of those emotional moments where they didn't have to say much. But at the end of the <laughs> conversation, I remember just X finished telling me, you know what? Really, all you have to do is just do what you love to do. Right. And that exactly. was like the, the last thing that X told me. And I mean, I hold that moment so dear to me. Like you have no idea how much just those few minutes with them meant to me. 
especially how I was feeling at the time. And like I said, I really felt trapped. They kind of that was kind of the pivoting point of going uh, a little bit, being more serious about my photography and then eventually starting the podcast. And it's all just kind of, you know, snowballed into you know, the YouTube channel and all this other stuff. And it, it just all kind of goes with the whole I'm getting emotional right now. <laughs> all right. It just kind of goes with the whole like do what you love thing. Right. You know? But that's and, huge, man. I didn't know you got a chance to meet them. Yeah. That's awesome. I I think I posted a couple of pictures on my Instagram account. Uh, I have the picture that Megan took, and then I have the picture that Jonathan took. Um, but, you know, it's funny. The picture that Jonathan took on the camera, I'm, I'm posing with them, right? And we're all looking into the camera. But that's not the picture that means more to me. Like, the one that means more to me is the one where I'm standing right in front of them talking to them and i'm mm. i feel like i'm receiving this advice you know like right. to say like i said it's pretty standard stuff they probably told that same line to everybody <laughs> that went there. the right? next guy behind you yeah like every single person that was an artist is like i want to do what you love next love like who knows right but i think because of how i was feeling and everything that was going on in my life at the time i just felt like it it was the right thing for me to hear in order for me to have the confidence to do some of the things that i'm doing now is that you why know? you kept playing exhibits X gonna give it to you? X gonna give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow, after that story, then you went there. <laughs> That's Javier for you, man. <laughs> that is Javier for you. Please cue that music up. Oh, that'd you... be great, right? <laughs> <laughs> if if you ever needed an inappropriate comment <laughs> at like the best time, Javier is your man. Stop. <laughs> That wrapped it up nicely. Yeah. So <laughs> on that note, uh-huh. I think it's time to wrap up the podcast. All right. So uh, <laughs> all right. Well, before we close up, uh, any closing thoughts uh, from you, Sam? No, it was a, a good chat. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Javier, I don't want to hear anything from you anymore. <laughs> Did I say enough? <laughs> you said enough for today. <laughs> so. All right, so uh, before we close up the podcast, I do want to remind you guys that Podcasters is brought to you by listeners just like you guys. Like Sam? Like everybody, including you today. (laughs) We like to call those listeners our fairy godparents. And to all of our current fairy godparents, we just want to send out a big thank you for all of your support via Patreon. If you want to become a fairy godparent of our podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month or, I don't know, $487, your choice. But you can do so by going to patreon.com slash podcasters or go to podcasters.com and click on the Patreon logo for more information. If you want to help us out in a slightly different way, you can do so by going to our Amazon link. Amazon. Head over to pocketeers.com slash Amazon before your next purchase because doing that Uh tells Amazon, Amazon, you know what? We like these guys and we want to give them a part of the proceeds that you are collecting from this purchase to help them out. Amazon. And to all the people that are doing that, we just want to say thank you as well. <laughs> if you want to find us on any of the social networks, you can find us over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, we posted a vlog recently from our Chalk Walk run. It was the first time that we went out as Team Boat Willie. We are still super proud of everything that we accomplished. We raised almost $5,000 for nice. Chalk. 
The next Damn. event is going to be coming up in November, guys. I'm still working on the logistics, and I think I'm going to be doing a live stream soon to tell you how the next one is going to work. It is going to be for City of Hope, Walk for Hope to raise money for cancer research. So more information is going to be coming up on that soon, so stay tuned. Uh, Sam, how can people get a hold of you? What are your social links? You can follow me at Cartar Sauce, like Tartar Sauce, but Cartar Sauce, you know, The Simpsons. Let them have their car tar sauce. <laughs> and, uh, thank you. And then uh, samcarterart.com for all my stuff. Got lots of art up there for sale. But yeah, take a look. Awesome. I'll make sure to include all of those links in the blog post for the episode. Sam, thank you again for oh, thank you guys. this episode. We Anytime. We would love to have you back uh, sometime soon. I'm down. Let's do it. All right, guys. That is going to wrap it up for this episode. So until next week, here is to Beers, Cheers, and Mickey Ears. Have a fantastic week, everybody. To infinity. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) And beyond. (laughs) Good job, bro.